Welcome to our weekly Wednesday year. In the Nishmas, Ariel Melech, Hashem Ben Yom Yetz, Stamalka Ben Bas, Melech Tzalach, Matanabas, Gabriel Yaakov Uzli. Today, the date is Chayel. Chayel, the 18th day of the month of El, which obviously has a tremendous significance. It is the birth date of the two great luminaries. The birth date of the Balshem Tev, Rabbi Balshem, and also the day which he revealed himself to the world as a Hasidic master mm-hmm. and the birthday of the Alter Rebbe first of the Hasidic Chabad the first of the first Rebbeim of Hasidic Chabad he considered himself a grandson of the Bashem although it was a spiritual grandson. Hasidic masters as we know them the two illuminaries technically the world was in a very very dark point at that time it was not long after the horrific actions of Shabzai Tzvi And people were confused. People were lost. The long story involved the Bashemtiv's birth, the hospitality of his parents, in which they were blessed with this child the Bishal Baal Shem Tev the Rebbe speaks many sikhs about Baal Shem Tev the name Yisrael is Yeshi Shemribe Eishis Latera Telling us all the letters that there are in the Torah. The words Yashar Kale, correctness of godliness, was also a way that the Rebbe explains the name of Israel. 
and this is therefore the beginning of the can't say new era beginning of a real era beginning of the way the world now saw depicted spirituality everybody knows that up until that point there was a segregation amongst the Jewish nation they were segregated in that the learned people lived their lives the working people lived their lives But they didn't just live their lives. It was deeper than that. Their physical and spiritual existence was also in a different realm, in a different vein. There was different shuls. There was a shul for the shoemakers, the shul for the water carriers, the blacksmiths, everyone had a different shul. And there was a shul for this learned people. The Balshemtiv Incorporated. The Bashemtiv opened his doors to all different walks of life. The Bashemtiv started his life actually because he was orphaned as a helper to a teacher. A helper to some Melamed. He would go pick up the children every morning and bring them to Cheder. And he taught these children by just taking them, picking them up and bringing them to the Cheder. He taught them probably one of the stronger lessons that they learned all day long. As much as the Malamid would teach them. The Bashemta's awe, his aura, his Ava and his Yira, his love and fear of God combined gave the children a tremendous, tremendous chizuk. And it gave the children this strength and it fortified them in such a way 
that they simply adored going to Cheder, going to learn, because their Behelfer, the Rebbe Behelfer, the teacher's Behelfer, was so, so special, and it was so great for them, that it simply drew them to go up to Cheder. Then the Bashem Tov, as he got older, and finally was revealed, also a story in its own right, sorry, as the Bashem Tov was revealed to the world, and the world then saw what they really had in the Bashem Tev. The Bashem Tev opened his eyes, his doors, his home, his shul, to everyone, every walk of life. Now there were those that were tremendous sages on their own rights. They were known as the Chavraya Kadisha. This circle of very, very special and holy men that connected themselves to the Bashem HaKadosh with the Chavraya Kadisha. And the Chavraya Kadisha was taking strength from the Baal Shem Tev. They were taking knowledge. They were taking everything that one needs to take from a teacher. But obviously, they were not a Baal Shem Tev. So much so that it bewildered them sometimes how the Baal Shem Tov opened his shul to all the different types of people. The different walks of life. We're sages. We're learned men. Don't know if we want to daven with these simple folk. But to the Baal Shem Tov, he saw and recognized the holy neshama tahira, the holy soul of the Jew. And therefore, he treated everyone equally. We've told the story many times of the Sudash Lishidish Alashudis of the Vashemtiv. That was the time at the end of Shabbos. After the Mincha prayer before Mairev, the Hashem Tov would sit down to Shalashudas. But at that meal, only the Chavraya Kadisha were allowed. The inner, inner circle of the followers of the Chassidah of Hashem Tov. And that went in a separate room, 
And in the main Bismethish, the main shul, sat all the plain folk saying to him, maybe you're learning Chumashashi. One such Shabbos afternoon, one of the Chavrayi Kaddisha asked the Vashemtev, what is it you truly see in these simple Yidin that we'd have to dive in side by side with them? And the Vashemtev asked all his students to place their hands, they were in a circle, to place their hands on the shoulder of their neighbor. And when they did so, the Vashem completed the circle by putting his hands on the holy shoulders of his friends, of the ones next to him. When he did so, he closed his eyes and they started to hear the most sweetest songs. Words of Tehillim but the songs were so sweet. And he heard Sukim of, of, of Tehillim being said in such a way, with such a mesikus, with such a revus. It was just... Angelic. And the Talmudim were, were baffled. He took us to Gan Eden to hear the, the Malachim saying to Hillam. It's, it's, it's amazing. And finally, the Bashem HaKadosh took down his hands from the shoulders next to him. And all became silent. And the Vashemta sat with his eyes closed. And Tamidim finally, when he opened his eyes, asked, Which part of Ganadin was that? Was that Dovar Amelach's Hechel or something? The words of Tehillim so beautifully sung and pronounced with such love and such fervor. Tushvashemta said, those songs that you heard of Tehillim were coming from next door. Those simple folks, while we're sitting in here and you're listening to my Divitata, etc., they are sitting and saying Tehillim. You were able to hear, you were able to hear where their Tehillim reaches, what their Tehillim sounds like, Lamaila. I guess at that point the Talmidim understood very well what the Vashemta's goal was. Shneur Zalman Shneur is a compilation of two words Shneur two lights two great lights that the Altarebbe establishes in the world 
although the Bashem had his teachings and the Masjid Shemagid followed in those teachings and continued them as well the Al-Terebbe took on an entire new as a student of the Magid as an entire new approach he combined Nigla de Tera and Nister he combined the learning of Gemara, Shulchan Aruch, etc. And the Nistar, the esoterical. Chassidus behind it. And you would take a Mishnah, Shnai Merchus and Betal, Zayim and Imitzasiyah, Zayim and Imitzasiyah. Two people found a talus. Mishnah says in Bavmetziah. And each one found the ends of the talus. They were holding, each one was holding a part of the talus. And then they realized someone else is holding it. And they said, wait, 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 I found it. And he said, I found it. And they said, it's mine, it's mine. And they come to the Bezin this way and they divide it, says the Bezin. They swear, each one swears that they found it. We believe both because they swore and therefore they divide the talus. So Rabbi Shveil Vashalom said, And what will you do with the half a talus? If they cut it, about a talus and a half, what will you do with the half a talus? And he left and he said, He used it for Baruch Shamar. The Baruch Shamar, in the beginning of Davening, we only used two of our tzitzes, not all four. Kriyashma, we used four. Bakshama we used to. Two people holding on to a talus. Says the Al-Terebbe, going to Chsidus, refers to two malachim holding on to a mitzvah. Each one says, I was created from it. Each one says, this one says, I was created from it, etc. And the Al-Tarebbe explained and showed the deeper meaning of everything in Tera. The deeper meaning of every action that we do. Every mitzvah that we do. Everything we participate in. Each thing has a deeper meaning and therefore needs to be applied to our daily life. The Al-Tarebbe introduced the concept of Chabad. The Chochma, Bina, and Das. The mind has three parts to it. The Chochma, the Bina, and the Das. Which is considered, the mind is considered Meichen. The other Chassidim that 
now have ever since branched off from other disciples of the Magid took a different approach of Chagas which is emotional and feelings etc. Chabad says the Altarebbe is not an approach but a way of life of attaching oneself through Chochmah, Bina and Das to God Almighty understanding each and every mitzvah not just doing it because it says it because someone told me to not just doing it because I heard about it but doing it because I understand and I feel for this mitzvah now this could cause havoc saying that because people say okay I don't really understand what film does for me what that does for me this does for me therefore I'm just not going to do it chas God forbid each mitzvah, as much as you start to scratch the surface by studying and learning about the mitzvah, one gets deeper and deeper and evolves into the mitzvah and sees what the mitzvah really, really means and what the mitzvah really stands for. Rejoice all the good which God has given you. A Jew needs to always be besimcha. A Jew needs to always be in joy. And the Baal Shem HaKadosh, as we just said, his birthday, Yitchayel, which is incidentally tonight, not to today. Thursday's Chayel. Yidin daf and zayim b'simcha. Avdem v'zen zeichet zayin avdei Hashem. Jews need to be rejoicing and need to be happy on the fact that they merited to be servants of God. We also know Tehillim is brought down. Ivdu as Hashem b'simcha. I actually say it every day in Mizmah Seder. After Baruch Shamar, take it back. Not every day. We don't say it in Kippur. We don't say it Shabbos either, for that matter. Yomtev. After the entire essence of every Jew. is what the service to God. How so? To always be besimcha. Therefore it says in the Pasha, a person has to work and toil to serve God your God with joy and happiness, good heart. Tell a story, I guess it's a marshal. But it's an interesting story, nonetheless, there was a king, they had an advisor. 
No matter what happened, the advisor said, This too is for the good. And he was actually an advisor, and the king respected him and everything, but this used to infuriate the king. Plus, used to make the king nervous. Stop with the Gamzulatayva, stupid. It's a problem, it's something wrong, something this, something that. You can't say Gamzulatayva, everything. But he would argue, no, everything is Gamzulatayva. One day they were out in the forest hunting. And one of the ministers, who was a very, very good hunter, actually, um, accidentally shot the king in his leg. Obviously, accidentally. The advisor, this advisor that we talked about, came running. And he looked at the wound of the, of the, king's, the king's leg and said, Gamzulatova. This too is for good. And here he is with an open wound. And this guy is telling him, This is also for good. King was not a happy camper. He says, buddy, if you say this too is for good, that means you're happy, you're satisfied that I was shot. If that's the case, I have to punish you. Now obviously you're my advisor and everything, I can't punish you by death. I want to punish you something that's going to be suitable to the crime. Therefore, I want you to dig a ditch, climb into that ditch, and stay there overnight. And as you're sitting there overnight, listening to all the animals and everything walking around you, trying to make you out into lunch or dinner, I want you to be able to say your gamzula taiva then. Well, the advisor dug his ditch and the king rode off with his men. A short while later, the king and his entourage were met by a tribe of cannibals. For those who need the translation, a cannibal is a person, it's flesh eating people. And therefore, they eat people as well. And they encountered this whole tribe, and they tied everybody up, and they were ready to put them in the pots and cook them. They looked, they saw on the king's leg blood. They looked close and saw he was shot. They said, wait a minute, if he shot, Maybe this thing got septic. Maybe it got infected. I don't want to have a, a meal of infected meat. So they untied the king and said, get out of here. 
And the rest of the people, the rest of the entourage, unfortunately, was dinner. The king came running back to the spot where he had left his advisor. And he pulled his advisor out of the ditch. And he said, you're right. You're right. You're right. Everything God does is Gamzulatev. And he tells the whole story. He tells him how he escaped. Because they saw this wound. And the advisor says to the king, You know what, your majesty? Gamzulatev, I said, when you told me to go into this ditch. I didn't know why. Now I see, had I been with you and the men, I would have been part of the dinner. So Baruch Hashem, you put me in this ditch, and both of us were spared. This is the concept of Ibdu as Hashem B'Simcha. To always serve God with joy. Not the easiest thing to do, either to say, but nonetheless, that is the way a Jew needs to live. So, although we need to be mekayim, we need to we need to fulfill all the mitzvahs with simcha. There's mitzvahs in the Torah that stress, that emphasize the special concept of simcha. More than others. One such mitzvah starts our parsha, the mitzvah of Bikurim. And the Torah describes the way of keeping and doing this mitzvah. And it teaches exactly each Jew that when you do this, you should be happy, you should rejoice with all the good that God has given you and bestowed upon you. This mitzvah Bikurim is a very fundamental way of serving God. The mitzvah said we need to take from the first of our fruits of the ground the best of the fruits and bring them to God. However, the mitzvah only was celebrated in the Holy Temple. And only when the Temple obviously existed. And therefore we can't unfortunately do this simply. The spiritual connotations, however, live on forever. So what is our service to God reflected with the mitzvah of Bikurim. Pasha starts off, Kisavayu, 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 Kisavayu,
You come to the land that God, your God, is going to give you. When a Jew reaches a place, a special place, where he then needs to emphasize the greatness of God, he has to know that that place, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's testimony exists, needs to be purified and elevated through Terah Mitzvah. So it's of course understood, spiritually, we have a, a, a life lesson, even Chutz even outside of the Holy Land. And so what Tzedek said, third Chabad Rebbe said, Mach do Eretz Yisrael. Make Eretz Yisrael here. Where you are, make it to where it's so. What does a Jew do when he gets to this place? Tere tells him, Sorry, the kachta you took, from the first of the fruits that came from your land. This Bekurim Lashem has to bring, as we brought Davke from Reishis, the firsts. From the greatness of time and strength. And this way a Jew is given, gives Shevach Vaidoya to the on the fact that he was granted the land of Israel and the Shefa Teva Abracha on a personal note. We all need to see how the mitzvah of Bikurim can be, can be applied to our own life. A person begins the day giving Shevach Vaidoyot Hashem, praise to God. As he wakes up in the morning, he turns to God and says, He gets out of bed, washes his hands says brachis and learns, davens and learns. After his davening and his learning, he turns his service to his daily service of day and thereby sees all the blessings of God. And all this has to be, of course, accompanied with simcha gedayla. Not just simcha, not just joy on that slacha, the private successes that he had, or blessings, or anything else, but a general simcha that circumvents the samachta b'chalatev, rejoice with all the good. The simcha on his essence, on his essence, essence of his existence. There be a fact that we merited to be Jews. And the mere fact that we are meriting to be Jews, to serve God, this is a simcha in its own right. And this therefore embraces a Jew in their daily life. All our actions, all our dedications and devotions, also when a Jew is involved in his service, And anything else that he does, 
he is never detached from this Simcha of Simcha's Chaim, of Simcha's Hashem. For each and every moment he feels the Simcha and all the good. And with this Simcha, we merit Makarj Baruchu, Eksiva Vaksimateva Shalateva Mesukha, Shnaskula Vesimcha. In the Pasha, as we know, we have the Teichacha. The Teichacha sounds like curses. We all know the famous story of the Mitla Rebbe. There is a boy, 11 or 12 years old, he was already fasting all the fasts of the year. And he came one year, Pashki Savai, a year or two before his Mitzvah yet. And Dalterebe, in order for protection, whatever reasons, had guns around. What was that? Seriously. Dalterebe used to be the Bakhera. Dalterebe used to lame. And one year, Pashki Savi Dalterebe had to go away somewhere. See, he wasn't the Bakhera. Somebody else read. And when it came to the curses, the Teicha, the Mitla Rebbe got so taken by it, he collapsed. I don't know if he collapsed. He was so weak. Note when Pajk comes out. It's a week before Hashanah now. He got so weak that when it came to Yom Kippur, they didn't know if he'd be able to fast. They woke him and they asked him, tell us, you hear the Teich every year, what rocked your boat this year? To which he answers, when my father reads, I only hear brachas. I only hear blessings. And therefore, now that I heard take from somebody else, these curses are so severe and scary and overwhelming that I got sick from it. Twice a year that we read a Teich. In Kisavay and Bukhukaisai. Bukhkaisai is before Shavuos and before Rosh Hashanah is Kisavai. And between them the Yom Tov itself separates the reading of the parashas of different parashas in the Torah. Before Shavuos we read by Midbar sometimes Nosa even and before Rosh Hashanah it's Savim Vayelech it's Savim and sometimes it's Savim Vayelech. What's the explanation behind this? The Parshias of Teichacha are an entity of their own or non-entity. 
we see in simple words there are warnings if you will not behave you will not be good then these punishments and these these tzaras will come upon you but there's nothing really anything that elevates or purifies any Jew just like you need to wash out a vessel when you use it and dry it well and everything because you put certain things into it same thing before Shavuos for Shana we need to spiritually elevate, purify and clean up, cleanse And this is done through the Pashas of Teicha. The blatant difference between the Teicha of B'chukesai and the B'chukesai and the Teicha of Kisavai. B'chukesai, as we said, is read before Shavuos and Kisavai before Hashanah. Is the Pash of B'chukesai there are 49 curses and Kisavai there are 98 curses. Which is double. And since, as we said, that the idea behind the Teicha is to elevate, to purify, to cleanse the vessel of the Neshama, The general doubling of these curses of Kisavai versus Kisavai, as we said, the essence teaches us that before Rosh Hashanah, Tishrei, we need to have a double dose that we have before Shavuos. Obviously, for Shavuos, we're only preparing to get the Torah and eat cheesecake. And Rosh Hashanah, there's so much more involved. But what is Rosh Hashanah? And what is Shavuos? I'm sorry. Shavuos is when the Luches were given to us. Whereas Yom Kippur, the second Luches were given. And about the second Luches, it says in the Medrash Rabbah, Shmeis Rabba. Second Lucas or Keflayim Liteishia. Double salvation. And this way we come through, come to the greatness of Tishrei over Shvuas. The mainstay difference in Shvuas and Tishrei is the spiritual gifts that we are given. Chagashvus is an in of Matana from the Maila, a gift from above. Whereas the Shefa of the month of Tishrei comes after the preparation of our Veda. The break, the break, the first Luchas were given the Maila. And they were given from Akadosh Baruch Hu. The second ones were given afterward the Tshuva. They sold the Tshuva. Therefore the great Maila of Keflayim the Tishia. And this also shows itself 
entirely, because the essence of the entire month circumvents and goes around, is involved with the spiritual Aveda. This starts Chedesh El, a full month of Tshuva, a full month of awakening, and it continues into Rosh Hashanah, into the ten days of Tshuva, Sesame Tshuva, Tim Kippur, etc. The never ending flowing spirituality, Ruchnius, that flows down to us. This is what we see from the entire month of Tishrei. The essence of the month encompasses us in spirituality, in serving God spiritually. As we said, first the months of Tshuva, of El, and then the constant flow that's given in the month as a gift from above, but it directly affects our Aveda Ruchnis, the Aveda of the creations. And therefore, the Shefa, the flow, is that much greater. Therefore, we need to learn the spiritual cleansing, how great it is, more on Rosh Hashanah, because whenever the more of the flow of godliness comes down, and is valued and that much more does it achieve higher above that for also we need to cleanse the kalim which is the way of the teichacha to cleanse our vessel preparing us for the shefa ruchni that's going to come from above in the whole month of Tishrei and from here we learn also the tzadus that we go through in Golos the tzadus that the person has private something that was done to them. This is the panemius of their cleansing, their preparation for the great Shefa that will come with the Geula. All these hardships of the, of the exile look that much harder. And so this way we understand how much good God is going to bestow upon us with the Gula Mitzvah Shleim of a card of Mamish. Towards the end of the parsha, Pasuk says, V'loi nosan Hashem lochem, Leiv lodas, V'inayim lirais, V'znayim lishmeya adayim azeh. V'edacheschem avayim shana b'amidbar, U'shmartem mizdivari ablis azeis. Till this day, God did not give your heart to know, eyes to see, your ears to hear. I led you through the desert for 40 years. You know, safeguard these words of covenant. What the flip? You keep me scored home again, Maravid Zara, hey, I'm at base. Based on that, Kimara Rashi explains 
the sequence of the verse. One can never fathom the depth of his teacher's mind or the wisdom of his teachings, says the Gemara, until after 40 years. After 40 years. Therefore, Meshach Rabbeinu says to B'nai Yisrael, God was not strict with you until this day. There were many leniencies. From now on, you're going to have a different stringencies. So safeguard the words of this bliss, this covenant. Moshe had not taught the entire Torah. The words of this covenant. Only during the first year of the, of the desert. Rather, he did this for 40 years. Similarly, many of the events that Moshe warned the people to take heed of took place at the end of the 40 years. Yet Moshe told B'nai Yisrael that now they'd be responsible to observe all the teachings and they'd have to accept and learn from all the lessons. Even though 40 years had not yet passed, for the later teachings and events. Evidently, this is what the Gemara explains here, based on Moshe's words, that one cannot fathom the depths of his teacher's mind until 40 years. Does not mean it takes 40 years to understand anything that person teaches. Rather, it means that after 40 years of diligently studying the words of the teacher, the teacher's unique method of study, his unique meaning, the discipline, the approach that pervades all his ideas becomes the student's approach as well. So when the student first begins studying from his teacher, he understands only the actual ideas that he is being taught. After 40 years, however, the thinking that lies beneath all the teacher's ideas becomes the student's thought process. And this enables the student to see the world as his teacher does. So therefore, Moshe is telling the Yidden. Forty years have gone by, being educated by God. You can truly sense what lays beneath everything that God has taught they showed them throughout the 40 years of the desert. Consequently, God now fully expects them to safeguard each and every thing. As we see, the treasured people, being a treasured people, we are, it is incumbent upon us to fulfill, to carry out, and to live the ways and the words of Teda as a treasure of a king, where the king himself doesn't know what it is. The king has a treasure. Stones, precious stones. 
But these precious stones are not in his crown. These precious stones are not something he carries around or he uses as currency. These special stones are something that makes him king. He has this because I have it. These precious stones is Klal Yisrael. We are HaKadosh Baruch Hu's stones, therefore we make him the king. As we prepare for Rosh Hashanah, we say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Malaych HaKalelem Kulay, Bechvedecha, rule over your entire nation with your glory, with your honor. But most importantly, it should be a year of goodness, of kindness, of abundance, of joy, of tranquility, of peace, peace of mind, peace of heart. It should be Aksiva, Achasima Teva, Shana Teva, Mesuka. As we start this Matzah Shabbos, Slichais, by the Ashkenazi. They go on for ten days because it's never less than four days. This Shabbos, though, the Gula meets Ashlema, the Mashiach Kenu, Yerushalayim, Yerakredish, Kachabas to all.